Should I be creating this much stuff per week, hoping that something sticks? Or do I really take my time with one thing and make it the best it can be and then see if that still arises? Kendrick Lamar, man, he dropped yeah. a single. Yeah, I heard that. That was a very, very dope single. I was a yeah, big fan of that. I like the fact that the beat switches up like two or three times. Yeah. I love that, man. It's really interesting. I'm excited to that. see I'm excited to see who wrote that song, actually. <laughs> wrote Kendrick's song? Yeah. Like, I mean, who wrote the music? <laughs> I don't I mean I don't mean to You're say trying to say Kendrick has a ghostwriter? No, no, no. Oh no. No, who composed the music behind it? Because it went so many different Oh, there was places. a few one guy was Sky Sense. Okay. And one, it was a few few producers on there. Yeah. I, I saw I saw his credit somewhere, but uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation on who he's talking about in the rap. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, but it's that interesting was, to see. Yeah. But it definitely added some excitement into the music game this week. For sure. Yeah. And the reason why I want to bring up the the songwriters on that is because there's a really big uh, court battle going on right now that I think isn't getting a lot of attention. Yep. And yep. I feel like and it involves songwriters. And I feel like it would be a great time to speak on it right now. Yes, sir. And that's what it's a case being handled by the Copyright Royalty Board, which is set up uh, through Congress, um, which basically sets the rates and terms for a number of licenses uh, dealing with uh, record labels and music publishers. But this one in particular, uh, they're going to be setting the rate for the next five years. Right. As it pertains to basically how much songwriters are going to get paid from services like Spotify, Apple Music, um, and, and other streaming services of, of the like. Um, basically, uh, what happens is the Copyright Royalty Board solicits um, proposals uh, from a bunch of different affiliated companies. So that being songwriter representatives, publisher representatives, the digital music services themselves. And they all sort of submit these proposals and um, they'll, they'll bring in economists and right. expert witnesses to testify as well and sort of give their take on what they think the rate should be. Right. And and afterwards, um, and afterwards, in this sense, will be uh, December of this year, they will have uh, basically set the rate in ter- rates and terms for that license for the next five years. Um, so, I mean, it's a lot. It's and a it's lot. Going, it's going to go on for months. Yeah, it's gonna go on for months. I mean, did the, did the last time it take that long? 
Well, the last time, the last two times that this happened, actually, right, it, it did take forever. Right. What what happened is is that rather than actually going to court, though, to this board, mm-hmm. what happened is the major parties, as a, as a part of this proceeding, actually ended up settling beforehand. Right. So they basically right. all agreed to a certain set of rates. Okay. We can talk about that in a second. And um, they did, and the Copyright Royalty Board basically ratified those rates. They're like, okay, you guys are all good on this. Cool. So we'll just make this law. Okay. Um, But basically, the last two times, um, and the the last second time, uh, all the all the rates uh, came into play. But basically, there's ten different um, rates that um, have been established for uh, songwriters to get paid off of for these, depending on what type of streaming service we're talking about. Right, and that's basically based on you know what the streaming services offer. You know, is it like it's so confusing? Yeah, there's a there's a ton of different yeah um, rates that you know um, you know you as a consumer of music wouldn't necessarily know what kind of service or probably it is. care or probably yeah give yeah. half a shit right? <laughs> yeah um, but uh, these services themselves they basically consult their lawyers or agents uh, of them that pay the royalties for them to figure out what type of service they are and then they'll pay royalties based off of that rate so um, what we can do is when we post this episode up we can have some links in the description so you can see the actual rates as they currently stand Um, but I thought it would be important to talk about what everybody's proposing now should be the rates going forward and um, maybe getting your take on as a songwriter and as somebody who's interested in the future of music, what that means for you. Um, Because we have basically a a whole host of digital music services, Pandora, Google, Amazon, Spotify, essentially all proposing to keep the rates effectively the same. Right. Um, You have Apple, who um, is, is, is taking a bit of a different stance. They're proposing a flat per stream rate. Yeah. Because what the rate is now is a rate... It's based off a percentage yeah. of uh, digital music services revenue. Right. Um, it's based off of actually one of three prongs, and it ends up being uh, a greater of calculation. But primarily speaking, we're talking about uh, it's usually based off of how much revenue that a service brings in. Right. Um, and the, the, it's basically based off of 10.5% of how much money they bring in um, per month. Um but yeah, is it, is it is it a combination of like how much ad dollars and how much membership dollars, or so that's where since there's there's ten different types of services, right. that's where that comes into play. So gotcha. depending on the type of service, if it's an ad supported service, right, it relies on one rate that takes right. a percentage of that revenue. Gotcha. If it's a subscription service, same thing, but based off of how much money they make off of subscribers. Right. Um. So it's actually surprising that. You know there isn't a service that somehow incorporated both or somehow you know now that i think about it you know why not make that experiment since everybody's still crying um poverty right. um with regards to this but apple or rather than proposing a, a percentage of revenue calculation to determine those royalties they'd rather go with a flat per stream rate right and uh, copyright owners i.e songwriter representatives and publisher representatives would also like to go for a flat Per stream rate, yeah, uh, because they think it would be easier to calculate, yeah, and it'd be a lot more transparent. So songwriters, music right. publishers, they can see, okay, my song was played this many times. Here's the set rate, and that's how much I'm actually getting. Paid. Yeah, yeah, makes it um, makes it simpler and 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 
makes it seem more fair because like you know when you when you deal with oh percentage of the profit and the profits yeah. will fluctuate and whatever yeah. it's just too many variables yeah i mean service revenue as it's defined in that license is is like you said it can be confusing you know it's less certain expenses yeah but it includes most things. Right. And some of these services like Amazon are actually trying to include other expenses of theirs to be mm-hmm. taken out um, mm-hmm. in that calculation, like how much money um, they lose off of app store commissions and right. stuff like that. Like if you download the music app off of the iTunes app store, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, they yeah. have to give that extra 30% or whatever to Apple. Wow. Um, so they're trying to, you know, everyone's trying to fight for, to, to make their share of the pie a little more equitable to them. Um, so how many times do they meet in court a month? Um, how many times do they meet in court up until the, the decision date? You know, that's a great question. And I'm right. not entirely sure because a lot of what's a lot of what goes back and forth is actually written testimony. Okay. Gotcha. So these there's three judges right. uh, that are appointed um, by the uh, Librarian of Congress, actually, and they serve six year terms. And they're the ones that actually decide these cases. Right. So they pour over all of this evidence. Um, and all this evidence, all this testimony basically includes like how much money these services are making, how much they're paying out. On the songwriter side for their testimonies, they're talking about how much money songwriters are making, how much of the, how many songwriters are, uh, you know, no longer primarily be, being songwriters because they don't make enough money off of streaming. You know, right. they're, they're basically sharing all this evidence yeah. to prove yeah. why they think the board should go with their rate. Yeah. And then the judges basically take all that information and they 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 base their decision off of what's um, called the 801B standard in the Copyright Act, mm-hmm. which is a standard um, that basically defines how they should decide what the royalty rate is. And it's based off of four different rules. Um, the rules are to maximize the availability of creative works to the public, uh, to afford the copyright owner fair return for his or her creative work, and the copyright, use, copyright user a fair income under existing economic conditions. Uh, basically meaning they just want to make sure everybody can get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, to reflect the relative roles of copyright owner and copyright user and the product made available to the public with respect to relative creative contribution, technological contribution, capital investment, cost, risk, and contribution to the opening of new markets for creative expression and media for their communication. I mean, let's be real. That's basically a lot of hodgepodge and saying they just want to make sure that it doesn't, it's not too cost prohibitive for the services. Like they just don't want it to be too expensive. And the same thing with the last uh, rule is to minimize any disruptive impact on the structure of the industries involved and on generally prevailing industry practices. Meaning they don't want the rate to be something that's calculated so weird that nobody actually does <laughs> and that makes everybody confused even though that, let's be real here, the rate as it currently stands is confusing as fuck which is why I'm not breaking it down precisely right. for everybody. Right. Um, so they pour over that evidence and then they will... Um, Sometimes they will ask questions of participants after after time, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get additional testimony, um, and then they will render a, se- a decision by December. They don't have to wait that long. Sometimes it'll be a little bit shorter. Okay. Um, but you know, you've got a lot of uh, different opinions on both sides. I mean, you have digital music services saying the rates as they stand are too expensive. And, you know, they're barely, they're not making any money and they'd like to, um, 
they'd like the board to know that if they increase them any, then they're definitely not going to make any money. Amazon actually went ahead and, and, and testified basically saying that if copyright owners had their way with their suggested per stream, per 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 uh, stream rate, mm-hmm. that they would exit the music business. Like they would no longer have that. They would no longer. Um, one less streaming got to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> one less. One less. So, uh, you know, I wanted to get your take on, you know, you're a songwriter. You, you, in your, your statements, you probably see, you know, that you're getting paid from these different services. Do you feel like right now that it feels equitable or fair given the activity? Um, I mean, I, I definitely don't feel like it's, it's fair at this point. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's hard for me to feel sympathetic towards these companies saying they're not making a profit because they don't actually own the property that they're selling. Sure. So, but at the same time, I, I do like the, like the optimism of how streaming is starting to make money, at least for the, the master owners. Yeah. And I think it needs to trickle down to pay the writers and, and producers more. Sure. Um, and I don't want them to stop existing because this is the future. Streaming is here. It's going to stay. More and more people are used to paying a monthly fee to hear anything they want to at any given time. Yeah. Um, now you come to expect that. I mean, yeah. like, if Spotify disappeared tomorrow, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. 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 And, you know, that that's one thing to say. And, and there are, there are, so since that's the future of it, it's just like, I guess we're back at a point where it's like when radio first started, I'm pretty sure when someone says, oh, no, you're supposed to pay me a royalty because you're playing my record. Somebody was like, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah. And moved on. Yeah. And so they made it a look. So yeah. I, I think we're kind of in that way now where it's like, okay, we realize we have to pay, but let's just agree to this. Yeah. And, and of course, it was cool to kind of get away with like real low paying because it wasn't such a big thing at that point. Sure, back when they first decided these rates, I think. Right. Uh, it wasn't a big deal. 2008. No, no one knew how many people would actually gravitate towards this and whatever. Yep. So when stuff is new, you can kind of get a little more uh, leverage of what you can do or get or what you can get away with, so to sure. speak. Yeah. So now that it's becoming a real, you know, lucrative business model, then it's only natural that as I said, the song, you know, the pay grade goes up. Right. Um, I don't know exactly what's cutting into these streaming companies' profits where they're not making a profit. Sure. But then that's really on them. And, yeah. and if it is a case where, like, Amazon's saying, well, we can't afford it, we're out of the music business, I don't look at that as, oh, man, we're going to lose one. I look yeah. at it as, like, okay, good. Well, because my, my opinion is like this. If you're going to start a service where you're, um, using other people's intellectual property to make money. Yeah. And you're like, man, well, I can't afford it because it's against my business. Then maybe you should exit it. Yeah. Like, why should we, why should the, why should we reduce our stuff even more just so you can afford it? Sure. If you can't afford to run your business, then you need to change your business model or change your business. That's just my feeling. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that plays to the heart of what a lot of songwriters and, and copyright owners uh, i.e. music publishers are saying um, at the same at the same time um, I mean that being said uh, Carrie um, you know it'll be really interesting to see what the board ends up doing because this is the first time that they'll actually be 
making a decision on what the rate will be because right. again the last two times there were settlements yeah, yeah, yeah. so we'll see if, if, if the board sort of agrees with that philosophy like why should one uh, sort of intellectual body or one sort of set of companies that only intellectual property sort of subsidize the business right. of another one and um, you know even from, from my stance it, it certainly does seem as though that's that's where or that's th- how things have been Right, you know, um, so it'll be definitely really interesting to see uh, what happens uh, by this December. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely curious too. But that, but that's 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 definitely my feelings. Like, if you can't afford it, then move. Get definitely get out of it. Yeah, like, I I think that's the problem. Is like, you know, you you get a point where it's like, all right, well, this service can give me all this exposure, but what good is having all this exposure? And you can't make a living from it. Yeah. Then, you know, because at a point, you know, people go, oh, well, this is good promotion, promotion. Oh, it's supposed to be give you promotion so you can promote your business. But if it's actually promotion and the place where you do business yeah. and you're getting a bad deal, who cares if 80 million people have access to my song yeah. and I can't put food on my table? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly. I mean, why? Yeah, there's no point. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, something that often doesn't, I feel like doesn't get said enough, even though it does get said, is that everybody knew, I, I, and I think it's important, I mean, when I say everybody, I mean on the digital music service side knew, and I think it's important for, for, for people on the creative side to, to realize this at, at the same time, is that scale is the only way that streaming works right and you need such a number of tens of millions of people subscribing in order to make that model work because you know look at netflix that's how netflix is starting to turn a profit now because they have 80 million subscribers right you know that's that's where you start to get to the point in time in which right um the the money that you're putting into research and development and marketing and licensing costs, which you know is like seventy to seventy-five percent of your overhead, um, when that starts to become um, uh, smaller in scope in comparison to the actual revenue that you're that you're making. Right. I mean, from far as I know, I mean, even though that's dealing with movies and films, I've never heard people complain about payment from Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, that, you know? they, and their model is completely different. You know, they're yeah, paying, exactly. They're paying money up front. Yes. Generally speaking, it's I not... I mean, they're not doing really good deals. You know yeah. I mean? And maybe that is the future. I mean, you see Apple doing deals with Chance and doing deals with Drake. And yeah. I think Spotify is starting to look into that if they haven't already. Yeah. Like, just, you know, so that comes into a play. Like, yeah. you know, and I guess if they can't afford certain royalties, certain companies can't offer that luxury of okay we'll give you advance to this or we'll, we'll pay you for this you know yeah. what I mean so I understand but I really think that that this this court case is very important and I think it will reflect more of what the future of streaming really is as opposed to like you said they, they set it out of court because it was more like okay let's just figure it out for now yeah. so we can't have you know Probably just like a protective thing where they don't have all these crazy lawsuits out of nowhere. Oh yeah, every everybody wanted to settle because nobody knew what the climate was going to look like at that point. And yeah, no no streaming service wanted to be liable. Yeah, and no publisher wanted to get out of just not making anything off of it for for a time. Yeah, but now now like this last year, twenty sixteen, 
like now we see a big you know i think a pivotal year happened so now it's like okay we're going to take this serious let's figure this out now so i i think i think we will come up with something closer to what songwriters need as opposed to the actual you know what what the streaming companies are asking for you know what i mean because for sure people are starting to realize the value in it and you know you get like i said you got you got to be able to pay the cost of business yeah that's my opinion ain't that the truth and we got an interview coming up too indeed we have the composer arranger uh producer yeah Extraordinary, yo. She Pian- was like a pianist. Yeah, she was like pianist. a prodigy, yo. Indeed. She was at Juilliard when she was eleven. Oh, man, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, I was I was still playing video games when I was like twenty, so I don't even know <laughs> what that means for my life in comparison. You know? But Shruti Kumar is on the is going to be on the show. Indeed. Um, really excited to have her on. It was an awesome interview. She shared a, a bunch of different great insights with us, and I think it's time we uh, show everybody. Let's get into this. Yeah. So let's talk about music. Okay. Shall we? Yeah. Because it's another fantastic episode. <laughs> it's so crucial. And this time we have a special guest with us today, Shruti Kumar. Hi. Did I pronounce your name right? Yeah. Perfect. All right. All right. I just wanted to make sure. How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I think so. <laughs> so I'm a little, little tired, but yeah. it's, it's, it's good for a Sunday. Lazy yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How's your weekend been so far? Working. Yeah. <laughs> Working weekend. Staying busy. Staying busy. Staying busy. Yep. Nice. It's been good. Nice weather. Can't complain. If you had sort of an elevator pitch or like a couple sentences that you could give to our listeners that would de- define what you do and who you are, uh-huh. how would you? How would you do that? Um, I guess first and foremost, I'm a composer. Um, yeah. That's my background. I was a pianist and a composer. But now I'm just trying to make music that I like. And because I'm a composer, that's sort of transcended into production and songwriting and all this stuff. Because nowadays we don't always get the freedom to make music we like if we're stuck to our guns about exactly what we're doing in music. Yeah. If it's right. like, if I'm only going to be a composer, then yeah. I might be you know, giving up some artistic stuff that I could be doing if I expanded. Right outside right. of just composing but I think that comes from being a composer though like kind of looking for new creative ways to do new things in music well make good music that's it yeah <laughs> do you mean to say like as a composer you're sort of uh, oftentimes like tasked with something yeah to do? I mean I guess the flip side of that is if you decide to be in music and you're also making a living from music um, no matter what you choose to do there's going to be the work element and then yeah. the creative element and I think that's something everyone tries to navigate and uh yeah, if you're a composer and, you know, the money gigs are scoring commercials, trailers, yeah. you know, sometimes a film, if it pays well, you're lucky, but yeah. oftentimes the awesome films don't have great music budgets. Cause, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're a composer by trade, the gigs that you get that will pay your, for your living may not always be the most enjoyable. Right. However, if you like branch out and you're like, ah, I'm, you know, composing is kind of like producing. So maybe I'm going to work with the singer and write a song and... Yeah. You know, use that as my, you yeah. know, there's, it expands yeah. your, you know, avenues of income and also your creative, I don't know, output, uh, output, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, kind of testing, testing what you can do. Nice. And also make a living. 
<laughs> Which is very important. Yeah. Especially as a musician. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest a lot thing. of people are, you know, afraid, especially in this industry of being like a jack of all trades and a master of none. Yeah. But I find that the more you diversify, at least when you're figuring out your career, which is sort yeah. of certainly where I am, yeah. I think that pays off a lot because yeah. you a realize you can do things you didn't, or your definition of certain roles and music expands, yeah. and um, you never know. You never know what's gonna work out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm sort of of the mind. Try everything if you feel yeah, you can do it. So, yeah, and that's the way you find out if it works for you. Because sometimes yeah. you know you try to think ahead and be like, "Well, I, I do this, so I can't do that," or that takes too much time. Yeah, you just gotta try it all, and you'd be yeah. surprised. Like, man, I kind of like this better than this. Sometimes, and then yeah. you're kind of confused by that. You're like, "Wait a second, I thought I was this my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Am I this thing now?" And you then, I mean? then the whole thing is like everything's the same if right, you're if right. you're you know doing what you do, but. And then also trying to sleep at the same time. <laughs> like, when do I sleep? Very do everything difficult. and never sleep. Sleep. We were, <laughs> we were just talking about sleep before you came in and how difficult it can just be to get a full night's sleep at yeah. times. Yeah, we blame most of the problems on the world on people from lack of rest. I think so. I just read <laughs> an article. Before the wars get started. Like, sure, I think. Because they were just cranky. Probably. Probably <laughs> since like, what you know. What did you say to me? <laughs> I said, Truly. good morning. <laughs> like, what? No, it's so true. There was an article in the New Yorker this week about the gig economy in America yeah. mm-hmm. and how everyone, you know, even not in music, in the arts, not in the arts, are going yeah. gig to gig, especially in startups and whatever. Yeah. And um, America, particularly, is known for commending working yourself to death. That was what the article sure, was about. Yeah. So, like, it's glamorous to be yeah. like, I don't eat lunch, I drink coffee. And I, oh my God, I've only had, you know, yeah. a yeah. half a salad and 10 yeah. coffees and a Red Bull today. And. Yeah. I worked hustle. for 14 yeah, hours. I, I know, you're like, what a doer. That's that whole article. And it's, you know, instead of focusing on the problems in the economy that are mm-hmm. making it possible to work people to death, yeah, right. people are like, no, no, that's great. Keep, right, keep right. killing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Isn't it weird how, like, we our output seems to at least be, or at least we seem to be more capable of larger amounts of output nowadays in the sense that, you know, technology is going to aid us. Sure in the composition process if we're talking about sure. creating music or yeah. you know if you're a writer you know having a word processor and deleting and editing <laughs> text right like but yet yet somehow we seem to be working more hours and, yeah. and spending less time you know I think that I think part of that I mean technology certainly has been amazing for music and yeah. all of entertainment I think um, because it's leveled the playing field for yeah. a lot of people yeah but at the same time it's leveling the playing field so a lot of people have access to these resources and can make good music or write good scripts or whatever but the playing field is growing now also so simultaneously it's good because it's level but it's also just getting bigger and level so I think people are pushing themselves to create more output because they're feeling more competition yeah because of the technology so it's kind of like this weird cycle yeah it is um and i i often think about this too because it's really hard to say no and not to feel not guilty when you're not creating something all the time but you also got to think about like it's still if a good work speaks for itself yeah so maybe if you produce the crop rises still you still if so why you know i always think about this it's like should i be creating this much stuff per week hoping that something sticks or do i really take my time with one thing and make it the best it can be and then see if that still arises right you know because you know your work will deteriorate too if you're just like spitting stuff out that's the commercial industry that's 
you know, so, and I think a lot of music now, yeah. um, because it's like who you know also or whatever, so sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, it's crazy it's actually, that this, this yeah. became what it is, yeah. because how, who knows how long they spent on yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. so. Um, it's, do you, so where do you think your work tends to, on that spectrum, lie, and do you feel like you, you tend to diversify, like, do you tend to have, like, a lot of projects that you're working on at once, or do you tend to spend more time working on one particular thing that's changing but i personally because i'm i have my hand in a few different areas um i do like to have a few things going at the same time yeah. because it allows my brain to switch yeah. up so i don't get yeah. too stuck and lose perspective in one thing yeah i mean that happens anyway but it helps <laughs> to have it helps to have a few things going so that i can switch gears and take space from one thing and then come back to it yeah, and, yeah. You know. yeah. but um However, lately I've been really trying to, I think when I was younger, I was more keen on lots of output. Yeah. Um, and now I'm trying to dial back a little and make sure that what I commit to doing, I'm really happy with the result. And of yeah. course you gotta let go at some point or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I've been really focusing on, yeah, kind of, I think it's important for anyone in the arts also to kind of make sure you have your own voice and style even if you're doing a bunch of different kinds of things and yeah. there's something about it that makes it you yeah. and i think there's merit to that because even like you're saying with all this technology and this stuff where a lot of things are sounding the same because yeah. we're all using the same stuff yeah. i think there is still a way to you know you can hear sometimes you know with a great producer you're like oh he definitely did that yeah, yeah. you know yeah. or uh, an artist even like our song yeah. you know like oh i you hear like a Lord song, and you're like, oh no no no, but that really sounds like I know that person wrote yeah. that song, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's really cool. It's the of it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest compliment when somebody tells you like, wow, that really sounds like you. And it's yeah. like the best compliment, yeah. yeah. So, so I think that, yeah, I'm trying to keep it at a minimum, but also have enough going on that I don't get stuck. And I think sure. I think in general is just about keeping a, a consi just consistency is like. The problem with trying to do something every day is right. like, now you're trying to do something every day. Right. But if you scale back and say, you know what, I'm gonna drop something every week or I'm gonna drop something yeah. every month. And then people, as long as you're consistent, people will start looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. it drops every month, but when it drops, it's crazy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, like for lack of, it's kind of like an example of like albums in general. Sure. You have some artists who put out an album every year. Right. And then you have like a Sade put out one every nine yeah. years. It's like you're not. But like, then you're like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh yeah, it's like. Yeah, that's. I you know think there's I mean? a real. So yeah, so I, I think that's yeah. something to think about too. Like, mm -hmm. how you start is how you got to keep going. So, you, so if you feel like okay, it takes me a little more time to make something to my liking, yeah. then you shouldn't be on a daily schedule. That'll fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, mean? I mean the merit also the flip. I guess the devil's advocate there, that people have told me is like you know you don't want to get so stuck in something that you're overly perfectionist yeah, you know yeah, like in order to move forward actually, sometimes you got to finish yeah. something that might be not your best in yeah, fact it might be right. crap and then <laughs> move on like yeah, there is yeah. also something to be yes. said about letting go of something and being like this was a good exercise i've learned yes. what i'm bad at yeah i learned what i don't like or right. this just isn't working or you know with songs and stuff or even with pieces like you might pick something up and then drop it because it's just not working and then like yeah. five years later you're like i just recently picked up something that i had started five years ago, literally. Oh, really? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now this? I'm hearing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, now I like it. Yeah. Why do I like it? I'm a different person. Right. It makes more sense to me now. Right. 
So I guess it's, you know, there's no rules here, but yeah. as long as that's everyone feels thing. like... That's a great feeling. Like, yeah. When you stumble upon something older and you yeah. hear it in a whole different way, you're like, wait yeah. a minute, this wasn't as bad as I thought. Especially <laughs> as the technology is progressing and yeah, then you find yeah. something old that I didn't even have this technology then right. or could have, I couldn't afford it, it didn't exist, whatever right. it was. And I'm like, wait, this sounded really cool. And we get so bogged down with using all the fancy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like, sometimes just the music is better and we're more limited. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's, I mean, that's a big so point. people yeah. always talk about the Beatles, right? Like yeah. they couldn't erase their mistakes. So they'd have to, you know, they're right. tracking a tape. So right. you just right. have to like chop and then maybe use the mistake and make something out of it. Yeah. And right. then the genius comes from the limits. Yeah. So I'm sort of of the mind sometimes where I'm like, Maybe I'm just gonna like sit at the piano and not at the computer today and see what happens. Mm. No, that'd be that'd be it'd be a good result. Good yeah, result. different for sure because yeah. I think yeah. Also, you're just we also like anything. I think that's the trick. I mean, because yeah. it's like when you give people so much. Yeah. Like just just naturally when you give them too much choice, mm -hmm. they won't choose. Yep. Because you you feel like yeah. Or you fall into like is this or this? You're like all right, choose. Yeah. And you move on. I mean, a lot of people yeah. say write on an instrument that you're bad at, kind of, not right. your first instrument, because right. then you're actually, for songwriting at least, because then you're going to focus on the song more than, like, right. whatever you're playing. Mm. Or, uh, yeah. That makes sense. Right. So I'm a pianist, and I've tried to, in fact, writing at the computer was that kind of for you. change for me, because I didn't start out being, like, a producer in that sense. I learned all the programs, like, later in my yeah. life, and I, um, that was limiting to me at the time. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, I'm thinking about this super differently. Yeah. And yeah. I would if I was sitting at the keys, yeah. but yeah. now it's all, you know. But I like that there's no rules. <laughs> yeah. Because then yeah. you can kind of switch it up whenever you need to. So. Uh, speaking of uh, going back to your point about going back to a, uh, a piece of work that you had done, you know, five years hmm. past, you know, or in, in, the, in the past, um, can you talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done for, for different artists as far as composition and arrangement is concerned? For, sure. For so actually, if I were to start at the very beginning, I was yeah. a classical pianist. And I performed a lot like as a child all over the place. That was nice. kind of my... So at that time in my life, I thought I was going to be a, a concert pianist. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but as a kid, even, I would get restless practicing. I'd rather be writing something or fiddling right. around. And I would come into lessons being like, I thought of this thing, but I didn't want to practice that. And right, my teacher right, would be right. like, uh, uh, you got to recite a right. competition coming up. You got to... I mean, I appreciate like, your curiosity, <laughs> but you signed up to be a workhorse. So, yeah. <laughs> um, And I think somewhere in college I like I was pretty serious about that through high school and then in college I kind of just admitted to myself that I was preferring composing than performing especially right. performing other people's music all the time yeah, like right? virtual so like just play yeah and it's a really music. I mean it's all lonely to a degree yeah, but yeah. pianists spend you know I had to spend like 10-12 hours in a room by myself no windows and I mean if it's oh, gonna wow. be that you might as well be writing something not practicing something that's already written no yeah. windows, um, in classical music, piano, I mean, it depends on where you were. Where I was, I went to Juilliard, and um, I really, it was an amazing experience because I think at an early age, I was able to take criticism really well. Right. I mm. knew what competition was in a healthy way. Like, yeah. So when I left that place, like, I couldn't really be, like, morally derailed by, like, right bad you know feedback or whatever it's kind of it's just part of it which was i really think that so, place so for comments on social media don't affect you well <laughs> they do <laughs> i'm they fortunate i'm not i'm not in the like okay. limelight enough to get the really bad stuff so I, i'm you know but i 
Uh, and the place also, you obviously, I learned so much about music there and the people and yeah. playing with others and all that. Um, but it is a really traditional environment, classical music in general. And um, I think even then when I decided to compose, I wanted to like kind of test limits then, which mm -hmm. didn't really fit within the classical mold. So even when I did start composing, like I did... I started songwriting and composing in college and I even did some theater. I kind of like tried everything. I was like, what do I like? Right. I was in New York. Yeah. Um, I did Columbia Juilliard and, um, you were like an economics, like a dual major. I was something? a math econ major at Columbia and then I was doing piano and composition. At, yeah. So I don't know what I was thinking. I just didn't like sleep oh, then either. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like sleep either then. So yeah, how can I Lord. make myself busy? And now I look back, right. I'm like, sure you were 17. Like, <laughs> Why but you, you got sleep so much more. energy at 17. Nobody wants to sleep. I at know, but now I'm like, you should have slept. <laughs> oh my god! So was that was that supposed to be your last year of high school when you started, or was that my? Uh, I was young for my class. Oh, okay. uh, but I had already been at Julia. I started Juilliard when I was like 11. Oh wow! So I was going. I lived in Baltimore, Shit. and I was going to New York on the weekends. That was when piano was everything, though, right? Right. Um, and then college, I sort of backed away from the piano, but continued there. Mm. Anyway, blah blah blah. Started writing, um, and then I was majoring in econ, um, but was getting a lot more into songwriting and composing avant-garde music. Okay. Like more of like downtown New York music scene, uh, so yeah. like Bang on a Can, and um, okay. I would go collect trash from junkyards and build <laughs> instruments, and like nice. you know I was going deep into that world of like, hmm, what do I want to do? That's and I started writing for dance and dancers, and I was just nice. kind of figuring it out because right. I was like, wow, this is a whole new world for me, nice. and my friends. From college were all in the arts but none of them were musicians so they were like yeah. writers I was doing right. a lot of scoring or plays or dance shows and th that was really exciting for me because then I started to realize I loved like working between artistic mediums yeah so, were these also all like fellow students at either Columbia yeah. or Juilliard nice. and I, I felt really lucky and fortunate to have that kind of a community yeah of people and who were you know, kind of driven to explore. Yeah. And they weren't necessarily, none of us were the same and none of us did the same thing. So that was really cool. Um, All my classmates were driven to smoke weeds. So. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of that was going on too. I'm for, I, I'm bad. I can't do that. <laughs> you don't want to say me. You don't want to say me. Um, but, um, yeah, so that was how that went. And then I actually got a job in economics after school. Oh, wow. Uh, it was 2008. The economy was Perfect time to get into economics. So then I was like, the hard way. <laughs> I was like I'm actually going to be a musician. <laughs> Sounds like a more long term. So I did, and I went to um, NYU. I by then I had also figured that I, I mean, I love film, and I'd worked yeah. with a lot of filmmakers at that point, and um, I wanted to do film scoring. Right so on. I went to NYU for masters in film scoring, just as a way to like divert from my other career. Mm -hmm. Bought me two years to be in New York, uh, get some more. Uh, film work under my belt and also learn all the technology which yeah. until that point I didn't really have to learn because was I was working with live players all the time and it was a different and, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and trash bags and you know spoons and forks yeah it's like Bjork in that SNL sketch which is like everything is music yeah uh, but that was where I was coming from so I did that and then I moved here to do film scoring that was my main purpose and I got an internship and I started working at remote control which is Hans Zimmer yeah. studio um, nice. And, and that, where is that? Is that uh, Santa Monica? That's in Santa Monica. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, on 14th Street. Looks very unassuming from the outside, but it's a palace on the inside. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I 
credit then I learned that was like a totally different education because that yeah. was like this is the real world <laughs> that was your fun like hippy dippy yeah. music experience in New right. York like right. bang young cans and now <laughs> this is the way the world works yeah. <laughs> um, and I learned a ton um, got much better at the technology there got to use my orchestrating skills more because yeah. a lot of people that go into that here don't necessarily have the orchestral so what programs there. did you use at this time, what were the first programs? I was writing logics starting from logics, the beginning okay. uh, because it was, I don't know, all my friends were doing it. <laughs> it seemed like they, Everybody else was doing it. And so they I would teach me, they, and they had to teach me. I yeah, needed no people. Doubt. So, right. um, and then at remote, they used Cubase. Right. So I learned Cubase. Um, now I'm just learning Ableton. Okay. That's <laughs> what we record the show in. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. Yeah, everyone loves it. And I love it now too. I'm learning <laughs> it. And I was really resistant. Well, everyone's doing it, so you have to do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> just got to keep up with everyone. Yeah. Um, so I did that, and I, I also, I will say that the best part about that place, besides learning, like, the nuts and bolts of how things work at that level, I met, again, like, the most amazing people there. Yeah. Everyone who had entered when I did are now doing amazing things here, um, and I think all my work sort of now is somehow can be traced back to the time I put in there, just because nice. of the people I knew, uh -huh. and, you know, that were, you know, so... It's hard, and like I definitely learned also the work-life balance thing, right? Where it's yeah. so easy. That was when I first started experiencing like, right. wow, this is all-consuming, and I kind of like it, which yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. So um, it sounds like were you still in the same sort of work mindset that you had when you were um, uh, back in undergraduate mm, studies, like sort kind of? of, but in a very focused, specific way. Yeah. In undergrad, I was just making myself busy doing. I was like, I want to do this and this and this mm -hmm. and everything. I'm in New York, and everything's possible. And right. I was young. And then I was young still, but less young and more. I was making, had to make money. So I was, right. like, I was like, no, no, no. This Focus is serious. has to be a little different. Yes. Yeah. So I think, um, anyway, I was there for a while. And then I met uh, a friend there who came from London. She was a music editor, but she's also an amazing musician, songwriter, composer, producer, all these things. And we started our own company together. Nice. From there, we decided to get out. I mean complicated thing was so we left and we wanted to also just see what it was like to do it on our own right. get in on the indie movie thing like try yeah. to build relationships with younger directors because right. there's a certain point where you're like do I want to be an assistant for this many years and because right. that's definitely a great route because you build credits that way and right. then right. you work your way up kind of like any job yeah. sure. but then there's the other way where it's you're going and meeting your peers right. and rising groups with your peers and I right. think she and I were really excited about that prospect mm. in all areas kind yeah. of wanted to get our own studio and see what we could do on our own and we've been that was a different kind of hustle yeah. then we really then that was like okay we're not in a safe big environment right. anymore that yeah. like nothing that bad can happen because we're existing within right, right. this name now we're just us and that was and that was when we started to both I think really learn yeah. that making the music is only half of it and then you gotta you know get it out there and that's yeah. and that, it's moments. own job yeah. it's yeah. own job and if you want to be on your own and freelance and have your name on things from an early start you gotta a lot of time it's a lot of time it's like two jobs because yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. you gotta focus on the creative aspects and, and then you have to be the admin you have yeah. to you have yeah. to literally be your own manager because you know and that was a real wake-up call I think because uh, we're like wait why are we working so hard nothing's happening <laughs> uh, because we right. can't just sit in our studio we have right. to get out there and that's just you know even now the balance of that is something kind of extraordinary yeah um but and, th and when you started this was it, it that be that became your primary income stream is that correct slowly yeah okay. yeah i mean i we were both still she would do freelance editing gigs and i got yeah. 
another side way I was making money, I did a lot of arrangements for pop albums and oh, cool. scores. So like a composer would come up to me and be like, can you orchestrate this? Right. Um, or a producer would come up to me and say, can you do strings arrangements? My classical background has helped me a lot yeah. in LA because there aren't a lot of people from classical who go this way. Right. So the skills it's that I... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many people have told me I've sold out by moving here? I can't, I can't tell them. I'm like, I don't you care. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I got a lot of raised eyebrows when I was like, I'm moving to LA. Even, really? even in the film world there, there was a big, obviously in New York, LA has its own beef, yeah, but sure. I was like, really guys? Like, I need to make a living. Yeah. I mean, I love New York and I love this, right. but it felt really... Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I could afford doing... I certainly I'm a, couldn't. I'm a New Yorker, so I understand. I love it. I love New York. I, <laughs> I would run back if I had a million dollars. Right. But I don't have a million dollars, so... It, it just uh, costs a lot just to stay there. Right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly. And here I have a home and a studio, and I'm yeah. able to like invest in my studio and yeah. slowly see the returns of the investment I'm making in my studio, so I, that would be near impossible in well, New York is an old city and there's no more space. I That's know. why it's so expensive. I wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> this is, <laughs> the price is going to go yeah. up. That's the it, you don't think it's gonna, going like, to like implode at some point? No. Jersey becomes the new no. New York. Jersey's already... Yeah, Jersey's going to be another borough. It's already... It like, already is. The path train. It's, it's going to make it Everyone's moving to Jersey. Yeah, it's really Queens is even too expensive now. That's <laughs> it's really crazy. Because there's no space. That's insane. That's one thing about here in, in California, LA, everything's spread out. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. It's nice. And hey, the weather's nice. Oh, and yeah, the weather, yeah. I'm certainly healthier here. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it definitely helps. Um, so, talk about, I would love to hear more about sort of learning some valuable lessons or, or, or what you had to do to sort of. Um, figure out the business end uh, when, when you and your yeah. friend had started the production company. And so we, at that time, because we were on our own, we we were sort of in a very different way than what I was talking about earlier, yeah. kind of saying yes to everything and seeing what sticks. Because right. between both of us, we had a lot of skills mm -hmm. that we could market um, on every level. And at the time, we were kind of like trying to hit the indie filmmaker market and say, hey, we're kind of like a one-stop shop. We worked for, with bigger composers and yeah. on bigger level films and we can bring that kind of professionalism to your indie films because a lot of people in film, even the bigger films, don't really understand the music part of post. Mm. Um, they don't budget for it right. earlier on. They, The communication between music and director, editor is something that's a very hard yeah. learned skill. Yeah. And um, the delivery, staying organized, I mean, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of people involved in post and yeah. just the chain of command, like because of our experience working at other studios, we felt like we could sort of help right. indie films. But we also ended up doing a lot of supervising. Everyone wants songs and things too, mm. more than score. People get that. Mm. They're like, oh, I want that song or I want a song like right. that, you know? And right, right. so we started dabbling in song production then writing. We had both been writers for a while, but we're like, okay, this is something we could maybe do both because Right. Indie scores are thinner and songs are more important, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then supervising kind of, it's all weird. It was all just like a meandering path because then I have a lot of friends in tech and yeah. um, one of my friends started an app that was a filmmaking app for iPhones. Okay. Uh, uh, it was called Cameo and they, it was cool. It was one of the newer ones at the time where you could edit everything and add filters and add soundtracks and all this stuff, but 
there's a legal issue. If everyone was using their iTunes for oh, the movies, then right. if yeah. they were on YouTube or whatever, they'd be taken down. Yeah, for sure. So we were like, yeah. why don't we, we're in a big network of musicians. Like, why don't we see if people want to promote their music with your app? Yeah. So we started like merging unsigned indie artists or signed to very indie label artists yeah. and bands with this app right. to see if like there could be some mutual yeah. promotional stuff. Like the app would do better because the artists were plugging it and the... Right artists would do better because the app was playing it. Right. Um, and the app got bought by Vimeo. So for a couple of years we were doing that for Vimeo and that was kind of learning too because at that time and still now streaming is still like right. an ever-changing thing. But yeah, totally. it started becoming very clear to us then the potential marketing power from the internet and streaming in a way that if you have a name like Vimeo or Spotify yeah. or whatever, yeah. pushing you like they there's somehow in the last you know few years they've become tastemakers, not just yeah. music you know, or film vessels. For sure. Yeah. So they are not only providing content, but they're kind of curating the content that people think is cool. Yeah, very so, much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think in some ways, the, all these internet sites that have done well have leverage now over labels and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. There was an article about that actually in TechCrunch recently, which was yeah. cool. Um, but anyway, so we did some of that, and then I started working uh, with singers because I have a bunch of friends who are singers, and I was feeling like... The film stuff wasn't like fulfilling all my creative, you know, instincts at the time yeah. because it's, sometimes you get stuck. Like I said, I was like, I'm I like to diversify. So yeah. um, I started working with artists, which was a real fun challenge. In the last year, I've been doing a lot more of that songwriting and producing. And while I'm new to that, if we're not working with a label artist and you put all this work to make a really professional album, like then what? You right, what's the label. return? Yeah. So this was the real, I think besides, you know, hustling for films and whatever, I think getting, starting a project like that from scratch Yeah. and not wanting it to just live and die in your bedroom or right. your studio, right? right. Like uh, that was when I really started paying more attention to Spotify and streaming right. and stuff and paying attention right. to how are these people doing it? How are labels doing it right. for yeah. these? There's so many indie artists now. How is everyone getting there, you know? And right. it became right. kind of like an obsessive extra full-time job being like, hey, this stuff is really good. We put a lot of time and resources into this. Like, I don't want it, you know, we don't have a label, but how do people do it without labels? And people have, you know, besides TV syncs and all this stuff, like it got me really, you know, thinking about what it takes. Like what do, I mean, the amount that artists have to put in money-wise, that's not just the music, is kind of ridiculous. Like yeah. PR and radio, and I mean, it's like, and the people, people don't have this kind of money and it's really sad. So I guess that was when I started really trying to figure it out and I haven't figured it out. But I think accepting, like step one is accepting the fact that if you're going to choose to do this right. and try to make this like artistic stuff and put it out, you have to yeah. also accept that you got to do all that work yourself yeah. too. And a lot of people don't think they have to. Yeah. And you have to. <laughs> that's yeah. it like so yeah, they, it's like, like oh, my, my, yeah. my song is hot I put it on Spotify yeah, like, I'm gonna blow they should up. be so lucky I, I yeah. should be on the so and so playlist yeah, you know. what's wrong with everybody no like, my, my shit is better than Drake's like, <laughs> exactly like, why isn't anybody <laughs> playing this shit <laughs> you know, really. I know and I, that it's kind not. of entitlement really pisses me off too because I'm like yeah. yes it's not a fun place we're at right now with yeah. music and streaming will be something it already is but will be yeah. more and more important as we go and uh we have to prove it. Yeah. We have yeah. to prove we have, it's like about precedent too. Like, yes, we can be frustrated and yeah. angry and money is always a problem, especially when you have yeah. to keep putting the money back into this stuff. Yeah. But it's just well, reality. I think, I, I think what, I, what I do like about it now and, and, and one factor of, of uh, technology 
is is now you can set it up and you can use different digital distributors yep. but it still leaves you with finding the funds to promote your stuff Correct. and market yeah. your stuff that's where all the money is right. and that's what costs the most yep. but now you can pretty much reach your actual fans and you can kind of like you know use them to find out exactly where you need to put the stuff like your fans will tell you oh I like this or whatever and you can figure out oh y'all go to this blog y'all go to this blog or whatever mm -hmm. you can see what kind of fits your brand which is which is a, a, another way to kind of like get funds from the actual fans or from yeah you know the actual things where it's like when you're dealing with a label or back in the days when you're dealing with a label they're like just promoting everywhere and hopefully get some fans yeah now with technology you can pinpoint like yeah there's more demographics I mean? and you save a lot yeah. more money than spending three thousand you know thirty grand for some billboard where yeah. like nobody's your fan in this area where it's like now oh, yeah, it's not targeted right specific now, not targeted. Now, you can, now you can target more nowadays with technology which is great advantage yeah so so you don't really need that much to promote your stuff as much as before you still need a lot work. though it's kind of nuts um, no it is it is the three I mean even to get your songs on the blog right. you know and then once it's on the blog are you gonna get the hits like it's all this yeah. chicken or egg thing that it's really unfortunate that artists have to be so but I still think it's stressed a, about it I still, <laughs> right. I still, I still think yeah. it's really just a matter of like you know first of all it's, it's definitely the content and it's definitely mm -hmm. like how much this artist's uh, personality breaks through. Right. Because there, there are certain artists or certain songs that resonate with people right yeah, away. Yeah, good music is And then they see it grow, and then they say, okay, well, this is really growing. Now let's put some money behind it. Yeah. And then you have people who just have, like, great marketing and the music is shit. Right. But, but you know There's what I mean? There's a lot of that, Still yeah. breaks through. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but mm -hmm. the point is, like, we're in a point in time where it's like, you don't really need the middleman. Like no the label was the middleman. Yeah, we don't need it. You just got to do the work. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At, yeah. At the end of the day, somebody's got to put in. Somebody's got to put in the hours. That's right. And I've, you know, I hope I don't have to do it forever. But it's <laughs> it's really been good to learn like all yeah. the different kinds yeah. of people. Like even like speaking, I have friends at Spotify and speaking to them about, you know, it's true. Good music. Like I didn't have a label, yeah. but I sent some stuff I worked on to Spotify, and they were like, "Hey, this is good," and we try to favor good music. Now right. it's like I'm lucky that I know people there. You know. Yeah. yeah. However, it's interesting because that got me to really think also about the power of the internet now in the way that you're speaking yeah. about and having, you know, in the future, having original content for streaming, yeah. you know, or yeah. like having Spotify type things, you know, make original playlists with yeah. Yeah. artists that are already kind of buzzy, but not right. totally buzzy. Like right. they could really use their tastemaker influence mm -hmm. to create, yeah. make or break new artists. And I think that will be kind of the way things go. Yeah. Um, because people are still gigging and touring and all this stuff, but the, you know, the, like we said, the playing field is bigger. It's level yeah. and bigger. So you could spend years and years touring and gigging in small venues or whatever. And I mean, without the internet, like we can't, you know, you're yeah. not gonna. And also, streaming without the middleman right. is really the only way besides TV syncs to make yeah. real money. Actually, exactly. I mean, even though it's slow still, because yeah. yeah. they're not paying a ton. It is if you don't have a label, a kind of viable long-term yeah. source of income more than iTunes or right, you know right. so it's interesting you get stuff. a bigger share you know yeah you're, you're not you know, giving like, <laughs> most you know? of it to yeah, yeah the label yeah. yeah it's not being split yeah however many different ways yeah. I mean I really like liked your point when you, you talk about you have friends at Spotify and you're able to, to talk to them and it sounds like they want to yeah the intention is there for yeah sure. And and when when you got into the idea of like original playlists yeah. and creating something that sort of sets even Spotify apart from yeah, maybe their I'm competitors, yeah, I'm really into this idea. <laughs> um, 
Can you, like, what do you think, um, because for me, when I look at that, I see some parallels. I mean, I know, obviously, Spotify doesn't necessarily... Spotify's just one of them, yeah. Yeah, and but like you, see, you look at like Netflix and Hulu, and yeah, they're yeah. producing original content 100% themselves kind of the as same a studio. Thing. Do you ever see Spotify, Apple Music? Do you ever see any of those competitors in that space branching out that far with with originality in terms of trying to set themselves apart? Or do I you would think, like them to. <laughs> yeah, I would certainly, and I think they're not going to do it on their own. Someone sure. again, somebody has. We have to prove the people like who are willing to hustle with yeah. their new music have to sort of prove to them that it could do well for them. They're not yeah. going to, you know, they're a company, they're all yeah. companies. So they have to know there has to be some kind of precedent again, that it's going to work. Um, but I do think sure, especially with visual albums becoming a bigger deal or whatever, I think yeah. that one of them, you know, having visual content with original playlists featuring yeah. kind of up and coming video directors and yeah. up and coming yeah. producers, like, you know, again, I guess once upon a time the labels were doing Spotify a favor yeah. for giving sure. them the music to stream, but now you know there are people at labels, right, like desperately trying to get the songs playlisted. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's some Teams. kind of turnaround here. Yeah. So in that. that same way, I think like in the beginning these companies would be doing indies a favor by being like we're going to take a risk, but this will be exclusively ours. Yeah. The only thing there it would still be like have to be able to be sold somewhere. Yeah. So like you can't. I don't think an artist. Exclusive streaming, I mean, people would be okay with it for a while, but yeah. if someone wants to buy the song, yeah. they should be able to, so that would be the extra step. Yeah, there's so no like, ownership with streaming, obviously. The, yeah, except for the, I mean, hope the people who own it. Right. Very, which is great <laughs> the, the master label, owner, right? yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, but Spotify takes a cut, obviously, or sure. like any streaming, as they should. But um, yeah, I do think that that is kind of the way of the future, whether it's one of those companies or a new label that's like, for digital purposes, you know, yeah, that yeah. or a label that incorporates more than just music, but visuals are like kind of like a full package. Yeah. For sure. Not just, yeah. you know, the song and yeah. done. Yeah. It has to be, again, kind of back to old school. Like, yeah. if we're a quote unquote label, we gotta do everything from an artist development mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's yeah. really gone now. Yeah. That kind of taking care of more, an artist. I think it's more in production companies now. You know yeah. I mean? And, and, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing is like, because even now when labels are looking for people, they're looking for more right. self contained artists. Yep. You know, so there's got to be like a feeder, yeah, yeah. like yes. a launch pad almost right. uh, that uses the, the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, I think it was earlier this this past week and this, uh, I mean, this will now be like a couple weeks ago when this podcast comes out, but mm-hmm. essentially there was uh, an announcement or some sort of press release um, where uh, Warner Music UK basically announced that they were creating a streaming only label mm-hmm. um, called Artists to Watch Records, and that yeah, it was yeah. going to be headed by their, uh, I believe, Kieran uh, Donahue, who had previously ran Playlist.net, which is a, a, a sort of a playlist aggregator that um, Warner actually now owns. Um, and, and those playlists are all you know available on Spotify, and you can sort of create your own. And it's kind of it's kind of like a to me it's kind of like a, a new age single deal. Correct. It's, like, it's yeah. like a singles label. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, but I'm gonna for, put you out here. Yeah. And if it pops, we'll sign you to the full bill. So the danger. So now it's a digital that, version of that. The danger of that, like anything technology, like we've been yeah. talking about, is like, I worry that if it's a streaming only label and that just starts happening all over the place, then what yeah. makes it different than like, you know, I mean, it has to be. I guess these are people that curate viral playlists, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, so the, they, the, it still has to be. I mean, I don't really know that much about what's going on over there. Oh, I'm not commenting, <laughs> but I, but I, uh, 
I do think that it has to be more than just like straight to streaming. It has to again be like what you said, this like kind of full encompassing. Well, I, think, I, think it's just, I think it's just it's just a way of like I said, them figuring out what's bubbling and have first yeah. first access to it. Because yeah. it's I think, like everyone go, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say basically just piggybacking off that yeah. point. That's exactly what it sounds like yeah. that label is right here, they're they're sort of looking trying at, to see what's buzzing yeah. before they put out the record. Yeah, exactly. And, and if it's buzzing Oh, you're already part of our system. Let's roll. I mean, because that's yeah, what these it. labels do. Is like that's true. They all <laughs> they all are looking online. They got interns. Right. They got people looking right. at YouTube, checking spots. Yeah, They're oh all gosh. doing YouTube, it now anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. now it's just like, okay, we're gonna start a label. Like, oh, this guy's buzzing. Let's sign them up now. Right. Yeah. And if it pops, we keep them. If not, oh, okay. Yeah. We'll keep you there till yeah. you got something. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but this also might imply I don't know what the state of big labels is now, or if it's a you know across the board thing or not. But um, it does seem like I mean, at least they're realizing now that this stuff matters. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and that this yeah. like kind of viral stuff matters. However, and now that now that streaming is finally making money, so now right, like, okay, now it makes kinda, sense to yeah. do this. I mean, I'm thinking well, for about the it. People who right. the masses, yes, labels, yes, yes. It's still tough for writers. Yeah, unless there's a label, which yeah. is why from I, the way I'm looking at it, the need for it is more from the other end, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's great for the labels doing that or whatever, but if right. they're, but they're still a label. So what if you just get to the streamers first who yeah. aren't labels, right. and then you're the artist and the producer and whoever else has points and right. um, make relationships with the streaming. Like, I'm more interested in the fusion of the music production and the streaming companies yeah. because like, as long as a label is there... It's yeah. still making it less appealing for the artist because yeah. the artist is making pennies, right? Yeah. Why not cut uh, out the middleman? Why middle not man cut out the middleman or or have some sort of company that's, you know, more equitable well, in that we'll way? We'll do like more like a partnership. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. making it more attractive, like we yeah. get why it's attractive to the labels or whatever. Yeah. But we got to make this scenario yeah. streaming more attractive to artists, you know, yeah. that, maybe, so maybe to incentivize more, them to just, make good music for yeah. digital. Yeah. Purposes, so yeah. maybe that opens up a whole new thing for like maybe production companies should set up things where they partner with digital distributors and with artists. Hey, we're partners. We'll split yep. it like this, mm-hmm. and that will make that's, it more attractive. Uh-huh. I, I really mean? think so. Yeah. Do you think that? And you know, this might be putting the cart before the horse here. Yeah. You can <laughs> I never to know this, if this it's like, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, um, but you know, you look at a company like Spotify, and, and since they're still private, you know, and, right. and maybe even when they go public, the labels will still have a portion. But you look at yeah, them. Yeah, it's interesting. And, we wonder. Yeah. You know, the majors own you know a, a portion of Spotify, sure, yeah. along with you know a lot of the other sh- sort of streaming uh, services that are still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you look at that as uh, sort of taking a I don't want to say like um, that say they would it, man. Say it, man. be. Ins- <laughs> I'm trying to find. I guess I'm trying to find the right words for it. Like, do you think that that would make them averse to that idea of cutting them out? Like uh, the label. Yeah, as, as well, being partial would, owners. In, well, in, cutting in them sense. out is a tricky thing. I don't know how that would work with the stuff that's already set in motion. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking of like a new. I guess where my head is at is like a different. a different totally different thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. because I don't know how it's gonna who knows how it's gonna work with these labels once the internet is finally well I I, I feel like you know of course they wouldn't want to be cut out yeah I don't think they'll they'll just find a way and and technically just like you said they're not really gonna be cut out because they own they own exactly (laughs) they're getting a chunk of it one way or another I I just think I just think that that now that uh, music is so more accessible and there's more room for playing field and yeah. more and more 
people in general are able to consume more music so the audience is bigger yeah that better deals could be cut like that. yeah you know, i think there's a dis- different dispro- you know a, a disproportionate there's a different way of thinking about it it's yes like now we need to switch you know yeah because in, in some people contracts yeah. they still got like you know returns still in their contract yeah. breakage you know yeah. they had to do it wax like take all that out the contract let's let's I mean, yeah, I sort of think that we got people at the very top and then all these people hustling in the bottom in the middle, right? Yeah. So I think, right, like, yeah, the playing field's growing. Let's yeah. just make it all kind of more equitable right. so people right. are producing better stuff right. and actually right. feeling like they can keep doing it, yeah. you know? like, And so I'm sort of actually encouraging people on the music side to come at it from a different standpoint. You know, if you don't have labels, you know, a lot of people are choosing not to join labels nowadays yep. or you know yep. just working with licensing companies to get yeah, syncs sure. or you yeah. know publishing deals yeah. but like you know people are scared of labels now because no one knows what's happening and yeah. people are still rushing for the streaming right. stuff, yeah. Apple right. Music Spotify all this stuff still stuff. growing so I do think there is a way to work with those I mean I guess they're sort of middlemen these streaming yeah albums. between the public and right. yourself and I want it. yeah kind of like what radio used to be maybe yeah. right yeah Sort yeah. of just going like it would be like if we could just go straight to the radio and be like, yeah. hey, play my right. stuff, you know. But labels well, kind radio of radio plays, terrestrial yeah. radio plays much better. <laughs> you know oh yeah, if you're a songwriter, if you're a songwriter, they play I mean, much better. I mean, we yeah. could get into a hour long conversation about well, let's do radio. that. Now we're gonna start a new hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, but so that's what I mean though. Streaming yeah. also, we gotta figure out royalties What's so from streaming. New? Yeah. So that's what the laws and, change. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if if. Like that's gonna make buying albums obsolete anyway. If people yeah. stop, then yeah. streaming's gotta be better. Like the royalties yeah, have to be sure. better for everyone. We can't. And you it's, know. Starting. it's starting. It is starting. It's starting. Yeah. So, like, and I think also the added thing of having music producers or artists or people from the music side dealing with them directly, yeah. Yeah. it will kind of push that in the right direction. Because yeah. Yeah. if yeah. there's a some kind of symbiotic, like you know, if they're working together to make these original playlists. Yeah. Yeah. And there's incentive for both sides to yeah. make each other happy. So yeah. I think there yeah. would be like yeah. a better balance struck with that kind of collaboration. So yeah, I think yeah. I think um, yeah the 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 market or I should say like the um, the uh, what, what's the right word to use here like the uh, relationship in terms of like how it feels at least from from the outside yeah. uh, between like labels and artists and in streaming services yeah. in terms of you know monetary like benefits to mm-hmm. everybody i feel like it's it's a lot more positive than it was like three four years yeah, back it's changing. or either you know even like a couple years ago you had op-eds from all these different artists yeah. talking about oh why they did not like tom york mm-hmm. and then i was mean like taylor swift yeah taylor, taylor swift with a huge yeah. huge <laughs> proclamation and she got but these Apple are all Music by the way these are all streams. people that are already like rich and famous right? yeah so true. like think about the people that i've always thought about this like for twitter and everything like that it's like yeah this is great that you guys have made yourselves so Accessible and yeah. useful for the top tier artists, but what about these indies? But then you got right. like Chance the Rapper. Wait, wait, that, and, that was and yes, yes, yes. But that's all guys, and more. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And they really yeah. broke through. Chances, chances, really remarkable in my right. opinion. Yes, that's right. Uh, the fact that he's been so transparent, even though he definitely doesn't need to, with like he announced on Twitter earlier, it might have been like two weeks ago. He's like, Apple paid me half a million dollars to have Coloring Book Three right. like for two weeks. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> good for him though. Yeah, for being yeah. that transparent. Well, he just, he just let. 
Well, that's what it, that's what that's what technology is doing. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Even, even collecting royalties and companies like Cobalt and everything, everything's yeah, transparent yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. now. Yeah, and, and you know, which so, is good and gives people more ability to take control of their situation. And then, yeah. and then you know where to set your value. Exactly. At. You're like, wait a that's minute, a you gave so and so because a lot of yeah. you know, a lot of creative people because deal. we're so desperate to try yeah, to get shot, to erase the we're taking real yeah. low deals oh, and yeah. realizing too many of us doing that brings the whole value down. Yeah. So if everyone says, yo. Why are you doing that? You could get this, yeah. then it keeps a certain That is a, That is a huge point that I think about too, and it's good that you said it. Yeah. That like, I think artists and musicians and producers and all of us, like, you have to remember that we provide the content. So you have more leverage than you think yeah. you do, and you can't be scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even with a label, if you have yeah. a label, like, know that you're the commodity, right. and you're right. providing right. the, right. you know, if they yeah. like what you have, right. then fight for it. Yeah. Well. Like, right. I think that's it's a negotiation, enough. right? It's yeah, right. and I think a lot of artists have a lot, like, never had to learn it or you know I need to just own it a little more yeah and that would make it in itself would be a bigger deal right so set your value for sure oh yeah Yeah. and I want to switch gears just a little bit but Mm -hmm. but sort of still in the same concept of of breaking through yeah um I'm sure sure everybody can see and can hear you (laughs) you're obviously a woman um and am I am I obviously and in a minority and a minority yeah and a minority as well and do, do you think that that makes it more difficult in a sense to to sort of break through um either from a creative end in terms of just getting your music out there or even mm-hmm. on in a business sense in terms of getting uh you know respect in the boardroom in terms of negotiating um it's interesting there's like a lot uh, you don't know, again, with all of these topics, it's like chicken or egg thing. You don't know, like, what's the reason for any way yeah. things are. But, yeah, I think there's a couple sides to this. I'm sh- Since I've moved to L.A. and been here, I find that a lot of scenarios, especially not being an artist. Right. I'm not a front front woman. Right. I yeah. am behind the scenes. I'm in the studio. So whether it's composing or it's producing or songwriting, it's, you know, you find yourself in a room with mostly men, for sure. Right. Um, a lot of the time, unless you're working with. Artists. It's mostly men here. So. <laughs> it's true, um, but and that's not always a bad thing. It just is what it is, and that's true in a lot of fields. So yeah. I think that sometimes there's a culture, a boys' club culture, that I don't. You don't know if it's in your head, and you're like kind of imagining right. like this feels awkward. I don't feel like I'm totally safe or comfortable here or respected. Yeah, yeah. Or if that is just the vibe because people aren't intentionally being like, right. yeah. hey, we're a boys club and you're on the outside. But, you know, it's just the way people communicate. It's all taught and it's... Naturally it's, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I, not, and not everyone. I, I will say also there have been a lot of like fantastic men, mentors, yeah. and like people who have really gone on a limb like my whole life to get me, including, you know, sorry, my right. dad, my dad. Like I've like, um, I've been very privileged to have so many important men be very like, champion women and yeah, me but um nice. so yeah i think that has been uncomfortable i do think and this is a bigger thing for all younger artists in general and it affects women more maybe um i mean how for a big if you're working in records or film like how do you get a big gig you need yeah. to have the, enough credits or sub credits yeah. to get the gig and sure. now like, there's all this buzz like there aren't enough women producers there aren't enough women engineers there aren't yeah. enough women song uh, songwriters that's not the true but uh, there aren't enough women uh, composers. Yeah. Uh, that's a big deal of a topic now and we're there. Yeah. But just because of the way things have gone and because yeah. of our credits lists right. or whatever, you won't find a lot of women right. that have the credits in any of these areas yeah. needed yeah. for a big film production company yeah. or a right. label to take the risk and be like, 
we're going to hire her to produce this record or we're going to hire her to score this movie. Yeah. Um, however, everyone wants it. We're yeah. like, yeah. we want female composers and producers. Like, yeah. why aren't they here? And yeah. it's a business side problem. Yeah. And that's true. They mm -hmm. won't take that gamble on a guy either with other yeah. credits. So yeah. unfortunately, there are more guys with those credits yeah. at this stage than girls. So that barrier to entry, yeah. it affects everyone young, but For it sure. affects women more because the numbers are just what they are at right. this yeah. time. Yeah. And that's probably because it's a more recent thing for us to be getting right. into this stuff. And whatever so the truth is is it does affect us and someone needs to take a risk if it's like yeah. the big gigs like yeah. a big blockbuster film score yeah or a big label you know yeah. record the new artists like let's get a feet let's get a girl to produce this yeah. um yeah. someone has to be willing to take the risk yeah. on someone who can prove their chops yeah like we're all hustling we all have a lot yeah. of uh, material yeah. to show so, so yeah. it just has to be one exec being like this girl doesn't or this woman doesn't have a lot of as many credits as this, these guys that have been working up the system for a while, but yeah. 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 we're gonna take a chance because her stuff sounds good. Yeah, um, and I, So I think that has been kind of the frustrating thing going for some of these gigs. You know, people are listening more, which is good. They're allowing right. you to submit more and they're hearing your work. And because we're women yeah. and there's a need for women, people are, that's Things almost a selling point, yeah, you know. It's yeah, like, wow, yeah. she's a woman. Let's pitch her for this. Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's a bizarre feeling too, because yeah. you're like, am I getting, yeah. am I getting pitched because I'm a woman? Okay, maybe. But so, but then they're hearing your stuff and they're liking it. But at the end of the day, final end yeah. of the rope, someone's like, well, we just can't afford to lose the money though, and like, we'll get this guy who's won the Grammys or the Oscars. Sure. Because right. and so until right, that gamble is yeah. willing to be taken, you know. And then there, there is also. The more of us that keep fighting and doing it and creating our own stuff and maybe yeah. we'll start our own labels or production yeah. companies yeah. or whatever, yeah. then we can take happening. control. You yeah. See, you see that happening. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, one one of our, one of my former in engineers that still work with Alicia, she has her own studio, Ann Mincielli. Cool. You know what I mean? And I've seen plenty of yeah. female producers, composers, mm -hmm. like I always champion that because yeah. you know, that we do overlook it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's yeah. one of the things too. Even with Alicia, I'm like, yeah. yo, she's a female producer. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. me and they're doing like she produces for real. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. just a show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And you see more people coming forth, especially women directors yeah. doing great big. Oh films, yeah, that's yeah. that's just we're seeing better. Yeah. I mean, it's all slow and steady, and I think that you know we have to be careful because it's so buzzy now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So it's easy to talk about this, but the numbers are not like there was something. You know, they're right. not. Right. where they should be considering it's such yeah. a big topic yeah. now, right? Yeah. So totally. um, I do think, yeah, I think someone's got to gamble. Some, mm -hmm. some people have to start. And again, we have to be louder. I think I've been learning that this year too, especially sure. since the election, where you're right. thinking all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, there's also a merit to, like we said about in general, but like knowing your value yeah. Yeah. and not being afraid of, you know, getting judged or whatever, like right. bringing it to the boardroom, so yeah. to speak. So people, like if they're not ready to just look at you and take you seriously, you'll make them take you seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just, I mean, just in general, not to take it personal. Like, don't I think, take it personal. Even, even like, even, you know, when you are a man and you're a minority, you might come into a thing already thinking like, oh, this is against me. This is against me. And like, such and such. Like sometimes it's just having the right attitude and just doing what you gotta do, and regardless of how they see you. Yeah, you, you can't control how people yeah. see you. Yeah. you can't that's true. like life in you general. Know? You don't know what they're yeah. thinking. You don't know what they're doing. You can't control it, but you can control your self worth, exactly. your yeah, exactly. value. You can exactly. work hard and you can exactly. bring it and know like I did the work. I know it's good. You right. should hire me. Yes. And if you don't, that's a real shame. Yeah. Because also yeah. it'd be really good PR yeah. for you to hire women. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm helping you out too. Yeah, exactly. How good would you look if you hired a woman exactly. to score this movie that's exactly. about women by women? The difference. 
Yeah. I watched it in figures. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right? So it did had I. a great court yeah. case too. That was. That was cool. <laughs> but that's what you got to do. Yeah, like, I think so. Bluff. Do you want to be a part of the right part of the yes. right side of history? Yes. The right side of history. Do you want to be the one that made the difference? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's funny that you you mentioned especially with the election because I think. You know, it, it almost proved in a sense like you clearly you can you can be boisterous, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, like clearly that works for some people. You know what I mean? So why not, you know, yeah. why not be, uh, why not use it in, if you're for good? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Use the force, be a Jedi, be a Jedi, nothing less. Yeah. Well, Damn straight. Yeah. Did you, um. Uh, usually we like to like uh, close out these interviews with sort of a uh, a lesson or like uh, something for our listeners to um, and viewers now uh, to sort of take <laughs> I keep forgetting about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something for them to, to take away like that that you might have learned that was really instrumental just in in, in your career uh, just a piece of advice that you might have for for up and coming producers songwriters composers, composers. um. Well, I guess we've touched on all of them, but I would say yeah. the main thing, and I'm still working on it because I'm nowhere near, you know, where I want to be. You're not the master? No, not yet, <laughs> not yet. Maybe one day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but um, knowing your voice or figuring it out, letting it change, letting you yourself change, like yeah. not getting too stuck in, I'm supposed to be this. Because mm-hmm. if you like something and love something, like mm-hmm. especially in this industry, it's super important to remember why you love it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're all running ourselves in the ground, you know? Yeah. To knowing your value, like you said, is really important and something all younger and everyone, need, they, we need to learn it now. Yeah. Knowing, knowing your value, especially when you're dealing with businesses and companies and money and negotiations. I mean, know your value in the studio, but especially know it outside the studio because people want what you're making and you can't forget that ultimately, yeah. like you're selling your product. So you have to also kind of, you know, three it leads me to three is if you want to do it and you want to take control of your own life, it's not going to be easy ever. You're going to wake up most days being like, I'm spending so many hours running in place. Yeah. But owning the fact that you are doing multiple jobs and you have to like not just again things don't begin and end in the studio anymore you have to be okay with being a businessman a woman businesswoman and (laughs) and you know knowing your worth value voice and yeah trying you know go around the middleman yeah (laughs) really I'm learning it every day but I'm like yeah just do it yourself like reach out to these companies yourself they'll they will answer surprisingly you might send 10 emails a day and only get one response a month but those responses, they it still works that way. People right. will listen right. if you speak for yourself and your work speaks right. for yourself. That's kind of it. We talked about all of it, but nice. and I'm still going. So yeah. I'll report back in five years. We'll get to a sequel episode with True Team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yo, thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. Is there like um uh like social media where, where people can find you, stay yes. in touch? Uh, well, my Instagram is Taming of the Shrewdy. Uh, oh, social sorry, media, Facebook. Shrewdy. <laughs> taming of the Shrewdy, nice and funny. Um, but then also on SoundCloud, my film company is Two T W O Two Records. Okay. And uh, my other music, we can if you go on my socials, you'll find it. So you can find me on Facebook or nice. Instagram or whatever. And there'll be links to all the kinds of stuff I do. Right on. Alright, Shruti, thank you so much. Yeah.